For Deborah Lockhart, positivity is a key to life. Of course it is. When you're an African-American woman in a male-dominated field, but Deborah's resilience conquers the challenges of attaching a three-point hitch and developing sustainable practices, allowing her to thrive. I'm Joey Bland, and from Circle O Productions, this is Seasons. So Deborah, talking about your business and just scaling this up, you've you've grown from 2014 and just going and throwing a few seeds out and seeing what would grow to um, a really well-developed farm with these greenhouses that are on it. You're growing outdoor, you're growing indoor. You've got quite a few distribution channels that you're using. Mm-hmm. Um, I think even restaurants, um, independent living facilities, you sell at these different farmers markets. But what do you see, what's the future? What do you see in the future? What are you wanting to do with this business? Well, you may think this is a little weird, but I'm working on my aerial view also. That when you do your GIS map and you look down at Lockridge Produce, my first step this year that I want to see, you see from the sky a well-developed, laid-out farm plan yeah because in my mind i feel like my parents grandparents in heaven look down and see yeah yeah you did it and so and i'm looking to for the fourth generation for my son and daughter-in-law let's take this a step forward how are we going to keep the locker legacy going what is your what is your goal to make this a sustainable market and right now we're looking at getting a channel hub distribution going from here to Nashville. Okay. That's what he's working on now because yes. people, well, his friends up there wants Lockhart's produce. So this year our goal is to work on how we're going to ship produce and it's still in a quality state, what packaging will we need, and how can we build our online site, who's going to develop the website. Let's get that going. And just select a different food hub. Just find a different place for for delivery. You know, just add to it. But yet, scale back scale back some because I am a woman <laughs> and I don't have that labor force. And I really am looking for quality labor. Like, you need that. But if you don't have it, scale your operation back and keep your calendar and, and make sure that you don't plant more than you can handle. Because I had to learn that. When I first started, oh, my rows were long as a football field. Yeah. Well, I never got to the end of them. <laughs> mm. Okay, so now yeah. I've scaled them back to anywhere from 50 to 100 feet. And in this program, I'm in the cover crop program. Put cover crops in the middle of it. Just ride my riding lawnmower and keep it mowing. And that's sustainable for me to keep. It's yeah. doable. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And purchase, yeah, yes, and I purchased the equipment that will, I call it lady equipment. Yeah. I don't let a man touch it anymore because they break it. <laughs> I love that. I <laughs> so love you, that. You, you can't touch my equipment. <laughs> well, listen, yes. you, you mentioned uh, heading eastward to the, uh, to the city that is in the middle of the state. Yes. And um, I don't know that a lot of people know this, 
but the Memphis area actually has very few farmers markets. The, the Nashville area has uh, significantly oh, more, yes. as mm-hmm. does most cities that's the size of Memphis. Right. That's a real negative that we are in that I think people need to be aware of because we do a lot of talking about wanting to buy local, but yet there's really not the support, there's not the demand side for people like you that are creating supply. And so what's happening is good growers like you are migrating to the east, which we don't want to see happen. So I'm on my soapbox just for a minute, but I want to encourage people in the Memphis area that we need to really uh, get more serious about our farmer's market, supporting local growers because... Mm -hmm. The support is not there, and it is, um, it's really a challenge. And other cities, uh, because of that, are um, they're kind of taking advantage of, of us by getting people like you and others. So anyway, I just want to plug that yeah. quickly. It sounds yeah. like you have plans of really scaling up your operation. You, mm-hmm. you've, you've done it enough, and you're wise enough that you're going to make it very manageable. But yet you've got a lot of plans and even for the next generation mm-hmm. to keep moving this forward. Right. But it's still it's still a challenge for a small farmer here in Memphis because Memphis is a distribution center and we have like distribution places that people can go buy things in bulk. And they we try to teach them the importance of buying local. Right. You know. Like, we grow your food. You must know what's going into your body, you know. And so, you know, let's, let's try, try this path right. rather than going down to this place and, oh, I'll just buy me a bushel of broccoli. Well, it's not in season, so where is it coming from? Right. And I try to teach people if you got a hard, waxy uh, feel of your produce, that's a preservative because it's traveling. Mm-hmm. You got to wash that off. Right. So why not buy local from farmers? Yep. You know? Well, and I think the taste is yes. is the biggest difference. Most people are conditioned to grocery store. Right. I am yes. Too, but yeah. grocery store greens. Right. Yes. But when you really taste fresh grown greens, that you and other people do, there's really a difference in it. And, it is, yes. and then the healthiness of it, because mm-hmm. because there, there are two primary counties in the country, one in California and one in Arizona, that's growing most all the leafy greens that we eat. Right. But then it's it's trucked, you know, 1,500 miles here right. to this area in the Mid-South. Uh-huh. And it's really grown so that it looks good to sit on store shelves for right. a week or two mm-hmm. after a week of transportation. Right. So the product that you're producing is so superior nutritionally, taste. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I hope people will really value that because it's really important. And it's important to support our local right. growers mm-hmm. like you. Right, yes. And we get that support at Cooper Young and at the, at the farmer markets that we have. And we, we're getting some people, but, you know, it's just going to take a long time. And that's why we just got to keep building each generation more and more into farming. Go get your land. Don't sell it. I I just tell them, I don't care if it's a 50 by 50 plot. Don't sell it. Let's see what we can do with it. Do you love flowers? I can't grow flowers. I'm I'm doing better at wildflowers. 
but I'm I'm not a, a flower grower. And this person, one of my mentees, loves flowers. I said, there it is right there. That's you don't great. have to do what I do. I said, I love dirt. I love to get out there. I made mud pies when I was growing up, and I was happy. <laughs> yeah. And I got dirt under my fingernails now, and I love to. Th- that's me. Yeah. You know, I'm a grower. I'm a producer. And I just, that's me. That's what I love to do. Yeah. Your your love may be something different. Let's develop that. You let me know what's your goal. Yeah. And I try to help you, you know, reach your goal. Yeah. Now, that's really wise of you, wise words spoken. I want to ask you about... The challenges of being a female in agriculture, because I've been in this space for about 12 years now, and it's I remember going to the first conference I ever went to, and it was 99.5% male. And so it is a heavily male dominated industry. on the larger scale, kind of the global, mm-hmm. global scale. It's a little different if you're talking about urban farming, that type of thing. But what challenges have you faced or have you faced challenges? Oh Being God. a female, yeah. that's a farmer. Yeah, I definitely have been uh, walking into a meeting and there's an all-male uh, population audience sitting there. I'm going like, okay, oh boy, where am I? What's going on? Yeah, And so it's... You feel like you're not wanted, like mm. you like, you know, what are you doing here? Mm. You know, and so and I didn't let that stop me. And I said, get in here and learn. Good for you. You and like right now, I'm getting ready to enter the row cropping yeah. uh, field, but not on this big, large scale. But because I am, I'm walking into meetings now that are just all men. Sure. I'm small, but I want to learn. Right. So, and I was good at growing corn not too long ago. And so, and I said, let's just get some corn going somewhere else on the land. But the biggest challenge that a woman has is that equipment. Oh, <laughs> that three-point hitch, yep. <laughs> hooking that equipment up. And so now I try to help women. Don't, don't do this. I've already suffered that, and yep. you know, from a back problem, you know. This is going to get your back hurt. So there's an implement now that you can just put on that three-point. Just put it on the back of your tractor and you're gone. Yeah. And my mentor, who's 88 years old, he, he told me, he said, get you a tractor for every major implement that you need. Stop unhooking and rehooking. Yeah. Because when you come up here, he says, you're driving. You're already losing a whole hour worth of time you don't live up here yeah right and so you need to hop on that tractor get that next tractor ready for the next time you come up as efficient as possible yes and so and that works and watch the equipment that you purchase you know and always and i made a couple little videos to show women how to hook up a three-point hitch oh that's great you know, and then I used to carry, like spraying your fields, like putting water on them and your organic fertilizer. Um, Joey, I was walking with a, what's that, two-gallon pump? Yeah, backpack pump. Backpack? Yeah. No, four-gallon. Oh, my gosh. I had that on my back, and I'm going like, this is not working. Right. So uh, there are grants that you can write. So I participated. I wrote a grant in the TAEP program, and I got that three-point uh, hitch sprayer. With the boom, with the six foot boom on it, yes. <laughs> and so, and now I use that. Wow, you know, and so that helps. But I can't get that on the inside of my tunnels, right? And so, and I still use 
Now I have a rolling sprayer. Okay. That I use. Those backpacks get a little heavy and also extremely warm in the heat of the summer. Right, yes. Well, let me ask you this as well. Not only being a female in uh, the agricultural Mm -hmm. space, but being an African-American female. And you mentioned earlier that you were the 2019 um, uh, tomato champion. Farmer, yes. Farmer uh, for Ripley. Yes. Which was a great honor and obviously was... um, just such a honor even for your family but yes. but have you seen challenges that have come along with that as well oh absolutely um like one of the well first of all that title came i didn't even know that i was it's not anything that you run for okay they come and look at your field i didn't even know that mm. and they said because you're in different programs and you really have grown we're selecting you oh, as the 2019 great. Tomato Farmer of the Year. Like, great reward oh. for a lot of work. Yes, and I said, wow, thank you. You know, they recognized what I was doing. Yep. Well, got a little feedback from the community out here. Oh, you don't live up here, and we shouldn't have uh, selected you. And, oh, yeah. You know, and there were comments that were being made out in the community, but and I said, do not bring me any more comments. Bring the people that said that about me. Yeah. And if you never come, then it was never said. I can't deal with negativity. Right. Because that just drains everything out your body. Yeah. Don't want it. I'm going to enjoy my title. And I did. I put a magnet on the side of my car, live okay. my dream. And I was in the Lauderdale uh, Labor Day Parade. That was oh, a that dream. Right. And my son and daughter-in-law came home and helped me decorate the truck. And the one that one comment that I really love is when my uncle said, he says, I've lived now. He says, my dream came true. He says, I never thought I'd live to see an African-American selected as Tomato Farmer of the Year. Wow. And I want that on my headstone. I already have a design for yeah. my son. Oh, Here lies the 2019 tom- Tomato Farmer of the Year. That's wonderful. I want it on the front and on the back. That's wonderful. <laughs> yes. Well, Deborah, you're you're a real inspiration. Well, thank uh, you. To, to to just do what you've done through your life as far as educating people and growing people, but then now to take this second career and to be building this farm, I think it's inspiring the way you have reassembled your family's land mm-hmm. that kind of had been parceled out and was in different hands and spread yes. out, but you have reassembled this and. And I think it's just neat to see how you are taking those things that you saw your grandparents doing, Mm -hmm. you've seen for generations, and you're passing that on to the future generations. So I just congratulate you. Um, You are truly one of the the great ones out here doing this. I encourage people to find you at the Cooper Young Farmer's Market and to buy everything they can from you and uh, we want you to continue growing this business and uh, we can't wait to see what the future holds well thank you i appreciate this opportunity we've all walked into a room and wondered what am i doing here take inspiration from deborah lockhart that when you want to accomplish something stick to it Seasons Podcast, our purpose is to educate people about land investment. 
with the goal of seeing 100 people who don't currently own land become landowners. Our method is helping people reconnect with land through hearing other people's stories. For more information, go to our website, delta-farmland.com. Thank you for joining us today.